Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This podcast provides today's sellers with sales tactics that will help them to reach their goals. Your host, Mark McGinnis, brings you diverse guests, high-quality discussion, and valuable insights on every single show. Mark is the author of Tactical Pipeline Growth, as well as an in-demand sales trainer and coach for B2B companies all over the world. If you want to be better at outbound sales, you're definitely in the right place. Now let's get into the podcast. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. I'm Mark McGinnis. If you want some great ideas around how to be better at selling, especially how to start conversations with your ideal clients and then book more meetings, you're in the right place. This episode shines the light on how hyper-sales performance is achieved month after month, week after week, quarter after quarter. From someone who has done it and is doing it right now. And then when the requirement to switch to work from home hit us, they not only continued to succeed, but they increased both their first meeting numbers and their conversion rates. Look, it's awesome when we hit our numbers, right? We've all hit our numbers for a big quarter or we've had a big, big month. But if we're being honest with ourselves, that's not really what success in sales is. Sales reps who can hit their number month after month, quarter after quarter, year after year, are in short supply and high demand. Chris Medell is a sales guy who I've known for some time, and he's just finished his latest quarter back on top of his organization's leaderboard for both revenue created and meetings booked. Let me put this into perspective for you because Chris was a little shy to share all the details on the show. So prior to COVID, he was averaging 115 first meetings per quarter with a conversion rate of 27% of those meetings becoming new customers. So that's pretty good. Now, during COVID, he's landing 160 first meetings and 36% of those are converting into new clients. So much better. Today, we get a look under the hood of what exactly does it take to get these types of results in sales today. Chris shares his secrets. Before we jump into this episode, let me share something with you that you'll find valuable. If you want to get access to some sales skills or sales tactics for free, that's 100% A-OK. All you need to do is just jump across to my LinkedIn profile, and if we're not connected, then let's connect. And you'll see right there in my featured section, there are always some great things absolutely free for you to grab, and you can put the work straight away. It could be free video training or an infographic, or maybe some free PDF downloads. But if you're the kind of person who wants the latest sales tips before everybody else, then your best bet is to subscribe to my fortnightly newsletter where I share the very best sales strategies I've found during that two-week period. I promise I don't spam you. It's one email a fortnight, nothing more. Currently, there are over a 1,000 sales professionals getting that newsletter as of today. So feel free to join them and me by simply going to markmc.co and signing up. If you want something more customized, if you and your team need to be starting more client-centric conversations and you want a hand with that, then by all means, let's chat. And the best way to start that process is simply by sending me a message on LinkedIn via the website, markmc.co, or via Twitter. Now, let's hear from Chris Medell. Welcome to the Boss Podcast. This week, I am really delighted to have not only someone that's super special, but also somebody I'm very pleased to call a true friend, and that's Chris Medell. Chris, how are you? Hey, good, Mark. How are you, mate? Very, very good. Chris, I'm delighted to have you on the podcast. 
there's three people on this planet who I look to when I'm trying to figure out sales mindset. So if I was to nominate, and I will do that now, nominate three people on this planet who I think have got their sales mindset sorted out, you're one of them. The other two I've had on the podcast recently, one was Dean Mannix, and he is an absolute guru when it comes to execution. So, you know, just getting things done. And the other would be Jack Daly. And Jack has is an, is an expert at goal setting. But when it comes to, to discipline, I mean, I don't think anybody has can hold a trophy to you, mate. I think you're the absolute legend. So delighted to have you on the podcast to be talking about this stuff today. Thank you so much, Mark. And I, the feelings are shared, mate. We've been friends for a long time. And you're the only person I come to for mentorship, believe it or not. So I don't have heaps of people I go to for advice, but you are the number one for me. So thank you for that as well. Ah, thanks, man. I thought you had a Rolodex that you flicked through. and No, mate, just, yeah. just one, mate. <laughs> just one. So I remember the first time that we met. So it was probably five, six, seven years ago, something like that. It was you know long enough to get a note ago to say it was a fair while ago. And you were talking at, at what was called a sales hacker event. And we we're talking about sales productivity. And you absolutely blew my mind. So I'm really keen today to share what you're doing now. And my gut feeling is pretty similar to what you're doing then, you know, so that people can get a snapshot into what the role gold standard is as far as mindset, activity, business planning, all those sorts of things. So before we get into that, and I think people are really going to, going to dig exactly how you run your day. But before we get into that, can you give us a little bit of a context about who Chris is, what he does, that sort of stuff? Yeah, mate. I've been working in a sales role as a business development manager at Employsure for now eight years. I've been doing sales coaching and training, uh, I guess, as my side hustle for about the same period of time. I just love selling and sales. Uh, The original reason I got into sales is I was actually scared of selling. So eight years, I've had to learn everything from brick by brick by brick, year by year by year. So I do feel that I do know what people are going through in the sales profession. It's not an easy role. It's not an easy profession. It's very, very difficult to face rejection every day. But after many, many years of practice, I've got better at it. And I believe that I've got so good at it that I now enjoy my job every day as opposed to being scared about targets and different things. Yeah. And we were talking about that just before we came on, you know, we pressed record, weren't we? We're both pretty lucky that we actually love what we do. So here we are super early morning on a Friday getting this done before we go and do our real work. You know, when you love what you do, it makes it easier to do it, right? For sure. You know, the key challenge for most salespeople today that I see is basically not enough sales conversations. So if you think about a salesperson's role and you strip that back, you know, the more conversations we can have with our perfect client, the more deals that we're going to have progress, assuming everything else is even. And the number one challenge that I see when I go into a business or when I talk to an individual is they're just being, they're not having enough of those conversations. And skills come into it. But what happens most of the time is we just end up delegating too much of our time to other things to get other stuff done. Yet this is where, you know, one of the key things to your success is you've been able to absolutely smash this, whether you call it a routine, whether you call it a discipline, whether you call it a habit, whatever it is, and just replicate it day after day after day. And I think people are really going to get pumped up about the way you structure that. So could you talk us through like Chris's selling day and what that looks like? Sure. So put things into context. I had no idea what I was doing when I first started in selling and I was scared of making phone calls. I still am scared of making phone calls believe it or not. Uh, I'm scared of doing this. I I explained to Mark only recently, I still get butterflies and jitters prior to any sort of public speaking event as well. But what I am good at, (laughs) I'm good at doing the same routines or disciplines every day. 
I love routine. I think, I think all humans secretly love routine. I love winning games and I now love the profession of selling. So basically I just do the same thing every single day. And from day one, nine years ago until now, I've just been building these habits minute by minute, habit by habit, day by day. And at the moment, what exactly that looks like. So I'll just sort of take you through. The purpose of it was just, you know, everybody has got their morning routine. Everybody has got a certain way that they're going to sell. Everyone's got a certain way that they're going to present themselves. I'll just briefly explain exactly what I do. I wake up at between four o'clock and five o'clock is my basically mindset routine. Between 5 a.m. and 6 a.m. is my sales practice routine. 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. is my creating pipeline routine. And 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. is my closing pipeline routine. My working day starts at 8 o'clock and it usually finishes at 6 o'clock. And this is what I would consider closing routines or closing activities. So I don't sell or market in my 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And you may be thinking, what do you mean you don't sell? You're in sales, you're a BDM. I think there's a very clear difference between selling and closing deals. And so basically, I focus my attention during the working core business hours in closing activities. And that's anything from follow-up phone calls to meetings to chasing deals to things that I am quite confident are going to bring me forward into working with a new client and being able to help someone today, as opposed to thinking about it, marketing about it, wasting time about it. I am very, very focused on sitting meetings during meetings hours and getting as many clients or helping as many people as I can throughout the day. So what exactly that looks like from a granular level, between four to five, I wake up at four. I thank God I don't have any phone contact for the first hour. I usually ride my bike to the gym. I work out every day or at least every day that I can. I then shower and I start work within a co-working space up the road. Then for the next hour, I handwrite my long-term goals. I handwrite my daily goals. I listen to affirmations. I handwrite my stop, start and do differently, which is basically what could I have done better or what can I do better tomorrow? Then I handwrite my form. My form is what I would consider how many meetings have I sat, how many clients have engaged this quarter or this week, how many calls have I made, etc. And last but not least, then I visualize. So I call it meditation, but I basically visualize and focus on being thankful for the day that I've got coming up. Then from six to seven, I create pipeline by, I review my financial freedom plan. I review my daily schedule. I stack my diary. So I basically fill any black spots. I review my prospecting cadence. I handwrite the top 20 prospects I'm going to focus on closing today. And I contact any teams to help support that effort considering I'll ideally be in meetings all day and I won't have a lot of time to do it myself. Between 7 and 8 a.m., I review my open pipeline. I review my referral pipeline. I review my follow-up cadence. And this is actually something I got from you, Mark, the word cadence. I bump every prospect up one stage in their follow-up process. I write and think about creative ways to reconnect with clients. And then again, I email teams, support somebody else to basically assist with that follow-up if I have to. So before I start my working day, my disciplines include creating my mindset, creating my persona, which is my sales practice. Who am I today? What sort of 
sales athlete can I be today? I then create pipeline. So if I don't have pipeline, this is where I fill it so that I don't have to waste time feeling sorry for myself throughout the day. Then between seven and eight, I'm focusing on how can I close deals now? What can I say to people now to ensure that they're going to sign up? And then basically eight to six is qualified new business opportunities as my first priority. Second is referral opportunities. Third is closed lost opportunities for people I've met with before that may not have engaged. And then fourth is anybody that I've met and I haven't sat with, I'm going to put in the diary. So there is a priority. There's a segmented priority list of who I'm going to sit within within those working hours. And usually these sorts of meetings, Mark, between you and I or partners who refer are usually done outside of core business hours. So it sounds rude. It sounds you know, not very nice. But at the end of the day, I do have time to continue to create those relationships. But ordinarily, it's outside of my closing time. I then get home and I have sales meetings with my family, with my kids, with my wife, with my God, and then I fall asleep. What do you mean sales meetings? So the reason I said that is every meeting I have throughout the day I consider it, how can I give the most amount of value to the person I'm sitting in right now? So my sales meeting with my son last night is we spent an hour together playing chess, card games, talking about saxophone, and then packing his bag for the next day. I didn't spend an hour fighting with him. I didn't spend an hour telling him to get to bed because I was tired. I was very tired. I had a sales meeting and I wanted to deliver maximum value specific to his needs at that moment. And then I did the same with my other two kids. And then I did the same to my wife and then, boom, crushed out and here I am tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's good. Good stuff. So if you're listening to this for the first time, that sounds like it's absolutely too hard. Oh, yeah. How did you, <laughs> but you're an expert, right? You're a sales athlete. You're, as far as I'm concerned, the top of the tree when it comes to this stuff. So that's why we're sharing so if you're listening to this, and we're not suggesting that you should get up at four o'clock and do exactly what Chris is doing, but I think the depth of routine or habit or, or discipline or whatever you think it might be. Is your outreach getting you labeled as a spammer? What once worked in B2B outbound doesn't work anymore. The goalposts have moved and so must your approach to sales. Sure, you might land the odd conversation or even a reply to an odd cold email. But is it scalable? Will it provide you with enough revenue to hit your yearly goals? Having worked with sales teams all over the world, we see what works and what doesn't. Our new POW coaching program provides sellers with access to the very best training available today. It doesn't matter if you're a team of 50 or a team of one. We have flipped traditional sales training on its head and allow you to learn in your own time and still get the important coaching help that you need. Grab all the details at markmc.com slash pow. What do you think it is, actually? What's, what, is it a habit for you? Is it routine? Is it a discipline? I'd see, a discipline to me makes it feel like it's something you've got to force yourself to do. Mm. Routine feels like something that you just do. Habit feels like an automatic that makes any sense. I'm just trying to think this as I talk. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. So habits and routines to me just doesn't go deep enough. And discipline does imply punishment. Now, I'm not into punishing people. And I'll sort of explain how I keep myself to account 
a little bit later on if I can. The idea of a discipline uh, and the way that I foresee sales success is Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, you know, some of the top basketballers that have ever lived. Now, these guys also wake up at the crack of dawn and they practice and they train and they focus on their mindsets and they're hyper aware of what's my jump shot like, what's my conversion rates like with the shots, what's my speed like, where are my gaps, who's my competition, what's the next game coming up. They spend hours and hours and hours every single day with disciplining the practice of their profession and their profession is basketball. Then we've got a Usain Bolt that does it for sprinting. We've got a Schwarzenegger that did it for weights. It's exactly the same methodology that I practice, but instead it's just sales. So basically, you know, it might be practicing my role play, maybe the equivalent of a jump shot or practicing my pipeline, maybe the equivalent of my conversion, my shot percentage or practicing my efficiency at work, maybe the equivalent of how do I increase my pace? Then practicing, well, can I do 4am in the morning? That may be practicing my stamina. Point is, it's all going towards the greater goal, which is I just want to be the best. I want to continue to be the best. And that requires 100% of your effort and energy every single day of your life. So it's not about I have to do something to get this stupid reward. It's, it's a little bit bigger than that. Hmm. Okay. You mentioned some really great athletes there. Do you know the Michael Phelps story? Have you heard that one? Yeah, he trained twice as hard as anybody else to the point where his trainer said, you're crazy. You're going to burn out. You're going to have issues with everything. And instead, he's, the, he's won the highest number of gold medals outside of any other swimmer in the history of all swimmers, and he's in perfect health. And I loved his routine. So this is definitely a routine. So the way that he made sure he had no performance anxiety for his races was he would start his race like two hours in advance. So he had a routine that started 120 minutes, and you can look this up on Google, right? But 120 minutes before the race, and because he knew that he could get a whole bunch of things right, if he can, you know, so things like I'm going to train, change it, I'm going to go for a warm-up swim, I'm going to warm up, you know, 90 minutes, I'm going to towel off and get changed in my tracksuit, I'm going to listen to these songs, then I'm going to get a massage, I'm going to sit on the table in this spot, and I'm going to talk to my coach about the same things. He could control all of that. So as soon as he started that process, in his mind, he'd started the race. And so he was already winning. So when he got onto the blocks, you know, when he shook his hands three to, with his left hand three times, his right hand three times, that wasn't the start of the race. He's halfway through. And in his mind, he's already, he's already winning. So he's removed that, the getting started piece, you know, and the nervousness about jumping in the water and the anxiety. And I just really love that because I think, you know, we can all do that, you know, and he, you're doing that, you know, like you're getting out of bed and going, okay, I'm going to start my routine. And the first thing that I do is I wake up and then, you know, I go to the gym or whatever it was that you said that you did. So by taking those micro steps, you're starting your day and you're, and you're on the way. So if you're interested, listeners, check out Michael Phelps. It's a great, a great little story. So I just wanted to flip back a little bit. So when you talked about, you talked a lot about writing things down. So do you write them down every day? You must have a whole bunch of notes. Yep. You know, and you must almost be writing down the same thing every day. Why do you do that? People think I'm insane for doing it. I've got six A3, A5, six A5 moleskin journals. My stationery bill was 450 bucks on paper schedules this year. So I've got a schedule for my family. I've got a, shed, like a, a weekly diary for my family, a weekly diary for my sales. 
a daily schedule with 15-minute increments that I handwrite. Then I've got five of these moleskin journals. And one of them is greater goals. One of them is daily goals. One of them is my form. One of them is what can I start, stop, and do differently. Why on earth would I spend an hour plus writing stuff in journals over and over again? You can just imagine why. It can influence the way that you think. It can influence the way that you speak. It can influence what you believe. And after doing that for a little bit of time, you embody what's being written on paper. So, yeah, so I mean, it works for me and it's been working for me the whole time through. To me, it sounds like you're setting a daily map. You know, it's almost like you're setting the GPS in your car. Lots of people would take and write down their goals once a year, maybe once every six months, maybe once a quarter. But, you know, by you writing them out every day, I think it makes makes you aware and very conscious that, you know, this is what I'm trying to achieve. These are the things that are important to me and this is where I need to go. I think that's that's a really good, solid plan. I know that not pe- many people are going to write, spend an hour writing in a diary every day. But And, you know, there's a second thing, there's a second element that, to that as well. I also prepare quite rigorously for my meetings as well. So I've already visualized clients coming on board, how I'm going to help them, what it's going to cost to engage with them. And if they say to me something along the lines of, look, we're ready to go, within two minutes, they can sign up a form and we're ready to go. Now, keep in mind, what I've done is I've already researched the industry, researched their company, find out what their needs are, got industry-specific knowledge that I can share with them that would add value to the meeting. I've already pre-drafted a proposal form online, ready to send to them in one second. I can show them by Zoom. I've already pre-populated the contract to sign form. So that takes a little bit of time as well. But every single meeting has already been visualized in advance. So people would say, what a waste of time. Maybe it is, but by doing these sorts of activities, it really assists at least with my sales success. Well, Chris, 98% of the people aren't anywhere near as, in sales aren't anywhere near as successful as what you are, so I wouldn't call it a waste of time. So tell me a little bit about accountability. So how do you hold yourself to, you know, there must be days when you get out of bed and think, you know, I don't feel like doing this today or, you know, like you're a human, human, right? So we all have these ups and downs. How do you hold yourself accountable to, these, to this schedule? Yeah, so what it sounds like with the way that I work is I, um, it's basically a suffering routine, which is punishment-based and awful and horrible. But I, <laughs> I, um, I don't think of that at all. Like how I keep myself to account or uh, using your word from the other day, how do I keep score? I'm going to give an analogy. So I said I spent time with my son last night. We are playing chess. He's a very, very good chess player. He's eight. He's extraordinarily good, usually better than me. But uh, last night I'm thrashing him. I'm having a good old time thrashing him. Now, he doesn't like losing, so he was crying. He was just bawling it, having the worst time in the world, or at least what it appeared, okay? So what did I do? I could have said, stop crying. I could say, work harder, work better. I could say, just practice. I could say any of those sort of words, but I actually don't believe that people can change based on their own volition, believe it or not. So if I just say, I didn't get my numbers today, gosh, Chris, get your numbers today. I don't believe that I can make myself change. So, mm-hmm. and I'll explain. But, so what do I do with Christian? I said, I love you. And I hugged him and he cried into my shoulder. And I said, mate, I love the fact that you care so much. And I love the fact that you're so competitive. And then a couple of minutes later, he goes, let's go again. And then he won the next game of chess and he got a four of a kind in poker after we'd finished chess. So we had a a very, very good comeback. But 
the word accountability and the word keeping form or keeping score, I don't really have to. So as an example, if I fail the date, shit happens. I'll just try and do it better next the next day. I'm not hung up on it. I don't feel guilt over it. I'm not saying, oh, I've got to work harder. So what people usually do is they don't do the right things at the start. They then obviously fail because they're not doing the right things at the start. Then they think that punishing themselves or self-guilting them into change is going to work when in fact it doesn't. So at the end of the day, damn it, you know, I slept in. Damn it, I didn't get that. Damn it, doesn't matter. Let's try it again tomorrow. And so I think the whole idea is you need to be able to forgive yourself every single day as opposed to be your worst boss every single day. So with Christian, as an example, he, and also actually in terms of, in terms of self-confidence, right? So accountability is number one, I've done the wrong thing. But number two, Christian understands the game of chess. He knows what the rules are. He knows what the correct recipe to win a game is. Just like selling. It's a recipe. You do the right things. He knows the different strategies for each of the players on the board. He knows how to close. He knows how to attack. He knows how to defend. He knows how to play aggressively. He knows how to play defensively. He knows he's got pawn game. He's got bishop game. He's got queen game. He knows his biggest strength and his biggest, biggest weakness is his queen. So he brings the queen out. He can win quick, but it's a high-risk strategy, so he can lose just as quick. So when Christian loses and I hug him and acknowledge the loss, he has already built the self-confidence that I know the game, I'm good at the game, I'm killing everyone at school. I don't need to feel sorry for myself or guilty. Dad's giving me a hug and I'm just going to go hit it again tomorrow. So when it comes to selling and coaching salespeople, the stick never works and telling people to just make more calls doesn't work either. They need to believe themselves that firstly, they want to make the calls. Why should they make the calls? develop the appropriate motivation mechanism so that they will make the calls and then then support them correctly by acknowledging fear and feelings. COVID's a bitch. I had the worst sales month in my career following COVID. I cried. I was upset. I was pissed off. I felt sorry for myself. I thought my entire career has changed from four face-to-face meetings a day to now digital meetings and I hate Zoom. I had all of that stuff going on. And so for one and a half months, I felt sorry for myself. It was just the decision that I said, you know what? This isn't the way that I coach people. This isn't the way that I've been operating my business model for many years. So then I chose to accept, acknowledge the feelings in the worst of the worst of the worst circumstance and just do the same shit every day from that point forward. So not only have I been doing what I was doing before, but I've increased what I was doing by nearly 200%. My conversion rates have increased from 25%, so one out of four people signing up after the first qualified meeting, to now 36% via Zoom or phone. So if anyone says that it's not possible increasing your conversion rates in the new world, or it's not possible outperforming your old sales, or even if they say COVID's the reason why I don't have sales success, I call bullshit. Yeah, I do too. But much like yourself, I think it's taken a lot of people varying amounts of time to get their head around it. Yeah, no, look, I think that's a really strong, strong, super strong message. So, Chris, how can people get in contact with you? Do you have a format where you share your routine? or How can they get access to more, Chris? What's the go? If you connect with me on LinkedIn, I've got a lot of the, the stuff that I share on LinkedIn. I'll also attach 
my daily routine disciplines to my LinkedIn page, so you'll be able to find it. I provide coaching with a company, Sales IQ. So if anyone's interested in receiving advice, coaching or support, you can reach out. I usually would do that after hours because for obvious reasons. And then secondarily, if anyone just wants to connect to say hello, I'd really love to open a new relationship and opportunity to um, get to know you. So I'll place a link to your LinkedIn page in the show notes and also in the, on the front page of the podcast so people can get access to that. And I, I'm trying to think about how the best way to sum this up, you know, and it comes from Dean Mannix, who I said at the start was, you know, one of the guys that I think one of the, the three of you who have got mindset down pat. And Dino says, being consistently good beats being occasionally great. And I think, you know, your level that you've just said that right when you're talking about Christian and, and everything else about being consistently good and resting on that consistency rather than trying to overachieve every day and, and failing. And I think that's the message for everybody. You've just shared a really strong routine that gets you fantastic results, but it's probably not going to work for everybody. So, you know, I just ask for people that are listening that, are trying, that want to improve their sales game, build out a routine that's going to work for you and then be consistent and sticking to it. And I'm really confident that you're going to get some great results if you stick to that routine over time. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the Boss Podcast, mate. I, I really appreciate you sharing very early parts of your morning, particularly considering how jam-packed your day is, mate. You're an absolute legend. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mark. You too, mate. I've had a good time. Okay. How would you like an electronic copy of Tactical Pipeline Growth sent directly to you for free? You see, I need a little help and I'm prepared to swap you for it. All you have to do is leave us an honest review on Apple Podcast as it would really help other listeners to find us and it helps us find more great guests in the future. And of course, the better the guests, the better the sales strategies that we get. The good news is it'll only take you about 60 seconds to do and you can probably access the review function directly from the device you're using right now to listen to us. I'd really appreciate it. Simply leave us a review and then screenshot that and send it to me either via DM on LinkedIn or directly through my email and I'll send you a copy of the book straight away. So that's it for this show. Catch you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.